I'm John Calvera, president of Independence Institute. Kelly Maher is a Colorado Republican strategist and a conservative activist. You might know her as a political commentator on Nine News. We've been dear friends for two decades and neither of us have seen the state GOP suffering as it does now. I want to know if she thinks it can or even should survive. This is the audio version of our television show Devil's Advocate. You can watch that program by going to youtube.com and searching for our channel IITV, which stands for Independence Institute TV, or just go to thinkfreedom.org. I hope you'll enjoy this discussion. The only reason to watch Nine News is Kelly Maher. Really? That's mean. Is there any other reason? Yeah, there's plenty of reasons to watch Nine News. Name two. If you want to be informed and if you want to know what the weather is. I have an iPhone for that. <laughs> I have an iPhone for both of those things. No, no, John. First off, I love being on Nine News. Thank you for having me here today. Yeah, they pay you. Well, yeah. And it's also fun. It's also very fun. How long have you been doing that? Se seven or eight years? I Not think. bad. Yeah, yeah. See, I used to do a lot of that stuff. I never got paid. Well, that's and because then you were not as good as me. So, well, And then they realized I look like this. Well, yeah, but now you get to be on Channel 12, so there's that. I've been on Channel 12 for almost 25 years. I know. Isn't that bananas? Yeah. That means if you've been on Channel 12 for almost 25 years that we have been friends for 20 years, John. Oh, my God. Is that horrifying? To that. All right. Okay. By the way, are you going to lead in with anything or just no? No. You're no, not we're a just professional. We're just going to be like, oh, you're the reason to watch Night News. Who are you? We don't know. How are we friends? We don't know. Just like refer to the Chiron. Good luck, everybody. Yeah. Is that a problem? This is why I get paid and you don't. It's a good reason. <laughs> you and I are warriors of many battles over True. the years. Yes. You have done so many wonderful political fights that people don't really know about. Thank you. So you have been involved in conservative battle after conservative battle. This is you true. have been commentary yep. on lots of things. Yep. And you've been able to balance this weird thing between you've been behind the scenes, you've been writing copy for a bunch of things, yep. you've been organizing people in campaigns. Thank you. And then you've been out front going, Vote for this thing. Don't vote for that thing. Vote for this person. Don't vote for that person. Out of all the consultancies and all the other stuff, what's been the most fun? Whew. Oh, let's, know, start off the, let's start off this way. What's paid the least? <laughs> I mean, Beside this, this gig. Right this I paid moment. for the beer. Thank you. Did you? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. Great. Actually, out of my own pocket. Really? Probably not. This is the first time you've ever really actually bought me a beer. Then. I've bought you plenty of beers. <laughs> That's true. That is None true. of them have paid off, but I paid for a lot of beers. You know, 20 years of friendship, and you would think that you know, 20 by... 20 years of hitting on you. Yeah, I mean, nothing. Well, good luck with that. Nothing. Darling. Yes, dear. How have you not ended up, like, sued and or in jail by now? That is a remarkable question. <laughs> when... When your spirit animal is Pepe Le Pew, you, you wonder how in the world. We're going to have a full beer spit take on yeah. Channel 12. No, right. okay. Ba back to it, though. What out is of, the out, most fun? Out of all the different political roles. Yeah. And you, you've, you've done them for free. You've done them for pay. You've yeah. made a living. Yep. What's the most fun? 
You know, I think that the thing that is the most fun is when you get that adrenaline of knowing that you are doing the right thing well, right? So, like, uh, remember um, Amendment 66? You and I partnered did? on that. We had well, so much fun, right? Because it was a terrible tax increase. It was a, it was a billion dollar, help. well, that's the thing, right? Uh, it was a billion dollar tax increase ostensibly for education. It would not have made the impacts that I think the proponents were selling. And that was... And we the, blew it out of the water. It was a huge tax increase yep. for the kids, for yep. education. And it was just going to get sucked up by administration. And it was and, a great confluence of many people coming together well and working together relatively well, despite, as you alluded to earlier, your constant hitting on me. But I mean... How could, how could you not? How, how could you not? Right? Yeah. I don't know. But that that was really fun. I I mean, there were t there have been times when I started in politics where we got some wins that were just they they felt so good. You know, when we got the Senate, when by we I mean Republicans, when the state Senate came back, uh, Bob Beaupre's first and second congressional campaigns, the first one. By a hundred and no, hundred and twenty-one no, votes, less than a third of a vote per precinct. Yeah. Trust me, I know that number. That is a number. I will lose all other numbers, including but not limited to my pin number. But hundred and twenty-one votes, less than a third of a vote per precinct, was the seventh congressional district uh, in two thousand and two. It was a brand new district at the time, and you know I contrast that now with the eighth congressional district, right? which was a race between uh, Yadira Caraveo, who's now the congresswoman, Barb Kirkmeyer, who lost, and then a unknown libertarian who did better than any libertarian in the history of the state? Likely. Who arguably, not, not definitively, uh -huh. arguably stole that election. Mm. Although you talk to libertarians and they never take credit for stealing an election. They go, well, you know, they, they, we pulled from both parties. No, I, I think no, that, was no. a clear, that was a clear steal in that one. Clearly a steal. Yeah. The, and my question is, he was, he was registered Green Party right up until the maps were announced and then switched from Green Party to Libertarian Party. Had zero campaign. No campaign. No website. No photos of himself. Nothing. And did better than any other Libertarian in the state of Colorado Maybe, like, Lily Tang Williams ran a libertarian campaign that was very good. She got a ton of press. She got a She's ton of coverage. She's an amazing lady. She's, her backstory is unbelievable. She is so good. And I think as a percentage of the vote, she did not do as well as this unknown dude in the 8th Congressional District. I want to get into parties, but let me yeah. fin finish with this uh, yeah. last part of the question, Let's just the background. Yeah. So now you, you do a lot of commentary. And the commentary puts you in a tough position because... If you want to get the jobs doing the political work, sometimes you can't be as honest as you'd like to be doing the commentary because you got to be careful of who you hack off. In order to be honest in the commentary, it's hard to do the jobs. In order to do the jobs, sometimes you can't say what you want to do in the commentary. Right. And it's tough to, to swing both of those, both of those, those worlds. Right. Doing commentary is fun. As a guy who does kind of the, the same thing, yeah. A lot of talk radio is fun, yeah. but I, I do issues. I don't do candidates. Right. And you can hate me all you like. Many and people do. I've 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 noticed that over the Isn't over, it weird? over the centuries. Yeah. I don't know. 
and I love it. Yeah. Um, but I'm not running for office, right. so I don't have to worry about about that. You can hate me and still like the tax cut. Right. Uh, when people run for office, yeah. it's a it's a different thing. Uh, have you found that it's difficult to to do both of these things, and that if you speak out on an issue, well, then it's harder to talk get uh, to get the job doing the consultancy stuff. And by the way, being a commentator is fun. It's important. You want to educate people. And it pays nothing. It pays nothing. Yeah. Yeah. But, I don't, but I don't you, really like to But you like, get to oh, hang out with, with Kyle Clark and oh my God, what, what girl wouldn't want that? It's, it's, it's like being with, uh, Davy Jones for the monkeys. Okay. Look, I know everybody likes to, uh, like, make fun of Kyle, right? And I do plenty of speeches, by the way, where I go and I say, oh, you know, I work for Nine News, boo lines, right? All the time, whenever whenever I'm in front of a group of Republicans. I like to insult Kyle, I, to, to Kyle. That's, I know, yeah, that's... I just look at his Twitter, right? <laughs> like many people do. No, Kyle, think... what's great about Kyle is I can insult him and he'll insult me right back. That's why I enjoy well, I mean, Kyle. It's so easy though, but but more importantly, <laughs> I think that there is a generalized distrust with media across the board, and that's uh, of people of both parties, but especially Republicans. And I think one of the things that we're really missing right now is is this idea of kind of a, a reliable narrator, right? And it's really hard in a world that is driven by social media and where access is really unprecedented and stories can blow up so fast that there there's not everyone everyone is just distrustful well and kyle is the best at what he does kyle is great at social media he's quick he's witty he's got game um you know, and, and by the way he also can ask really tough questions because he gets access. You shared and I shared several years ago Kyle's interview with President Obama. Remember right. when he Obama went, did absolutely no media and then finally after huge societal call for him to go and talk to some news stations, he's like, fine, I will go talk to some local television <laughs> stations, assuming that he wouldn't get asked any tough questions. And... Obama did an interview with Kyle where Kyle asked him about access to the White House for big Democrat donors here in Colorado. And he just, he was thrown on his heels, which was not a thing that happened often for Obama, right? So so he asked that tough question. His interview this last week, if you haven't seen it, with Tay Anderson, unbelievable, infuriating if you're a parent, but unbelievable. And those are people who wouldn't have been asked those questions if Kyle didn't ask them. And so I have found that working in media and working with those group, those people, sometimes they're hated, sometimes they're beloved, is that if you can approach it with your best faith and your best argument, then you usually, like, it shakes out okay, right? But I also have the same frustration that Kyle will do propaganda, Kyle picks the stories, he sees the world from the usual younger progressive point of view as much as the media does. Um, he just does it well. And a lot of the frustration is he does it well. Listen, I don't want to spend the time okay. on, on, on Channel 9. Because I, I have thoughts, obviously. Have thoughts. 
Right. But I have thoughts on everything, so we could do this right. for seven And hours. we can talk about media bias. Right. You know, and I find that the media, like your drunk uncle, will never admit he's an alcoholic. <laughs> they just, they cannot see it. They will not no, see it. No, no, and that And, and that they, they goes... love diversity and everything except in ideology. Oh, and, and I think that's why it's important that I'm there. Right. And this is this is the struggle that I have all the time. And this, by the way, is my struggle right now with the Republican Party, which is if my voice disappears. Right. If I don't do Channel 9 anymore or if I leave the Republican Party, which is something I've very much considered as of recent. Like at what point then is there no longer that 20 years of experience? Right. That person who can my my goal when I go on Channel Nine is that somebody who is on the fence might think, oh, gosh, you know what? If she's a Republican, maybe there's more to it than I think. Maybe so they are not been, just cartoons. Of I haven't been a Republican since the open primaries. OK, I live in Boulder. Right. Well, and so on my 18th birthday, uh-huh. I went down to the courthouse back when you had to go down to the courthouse and okay. registered to vote and registered as a Republican Mm -hmm. because I believe in smaller government. Right. I am libertarian-minded. Yep. I am not a social conservative. I'm a libertarian. Right. The Republican Party was the closest thing in the real world to something that believed in smaller government. I was a libertarian. Yeah. Once you had these open primaries, I live in Boulder. There is no, there is no Republican primary in Boulder. (laughs) There's no, there's no, there's nothing there. So I figured I'll be able to mess around in the Democratic primary, I'll get two primary two ballots. ballots. And, and what I, a nerd are you that yeah, you're excited, excited. at the I prospect excited. of two well, ballots, also, I've John. Done, I've done my time yeah. in caucuses. Oh, and wow. I've gone to the caucuses where sometimes I'm like one of two people in my precinct yeah. caucus yeah. because yeah. it's bolder. Right. So, well, see, I did, I did my caucuses and I got rolled. I got rolled because I'm a rhino, which is <laughs> bananas. Think about that. You, I mean, you and I are hardcore anti-tax, yep. limited government, yep. pro-property rights, yep. pro-gun. Yep. You know, check, um, check, 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 check. It doesn't matter. Like the the definition of rhino has absolutely no bearing on what you believe politically. Right. So I have I establishmenty have, rhinos. That's us. So I've become a fan of Christy right. Brown Burton. Christy Burton Brown. That's what I said. I'm dyslexic. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm dyslexic. That's... So, anyway. Uh-huh. When I knew Christy before, I was like, yeah, this this girl's wackadoo. Right, you know, the personhood the, stuff? The personhood stuff, yeah. which I thought was just out to lunch because it's just too far out. She's young and experienced. When she took over the party, I was like, Whew. you know, this girl, this woman, yeah. really matured and got a lot of experience. I was impressed on day one how she handled that job. Um, she took a party and really opened it up to a lot of diversity. And I thought she was going to be, a, you know, a social conservative warrior. No, she's talked about how do we get more people in? How do we do this? Uh, I was really impressed. Mm. And then, of course, that meant she was a rhino. If, if KBB the, if the is lady a, who ran and the personhood amendment personhood amend, amendment is an establishment to rhino, right. we all are. Right. Well, I mean, and that that becomes really the question is like, is your philosophy that we should elect the most conservative person who is electable in a district, or 
should we never cede any ground and relegate ourselves to the minority forever and ever? And and that becomes really the question, right? Is that if you, unless you believe that there are to be no concessions, you are an establishment team right now. And, and also, why would anyone do this job, right? Like why, and, and it's a great question. You should ask Christy Burton Brown to come back on your show. Actually, I should do that. And, and, be like, and also, I, I, I wanna reach out, I need to yeah. reach out to, to Dave Williams, who's a yeah. fascinating guy and a you yeah. know, good-hearted guy, and I wanna talk to him and find out what his plans are for, for the party as well. I just don't see how this party brings in people. Politics is the game of addition. Yeah. You only win when you get people in. And this party continues to isolate and isolate and isolate. Well, I, I mean, Dave Williams' first first order of business was to forward an email from Rocky Mountain gun owners, right? That was the first thing he mm -hmm. did. It wasn't like, hey, I'm here. My name is Dave Williams. I would like to introduce myself and my philosophy. It was, hey, look below at this important email from RMGO, right? And Why is that a problem? For the people who don't know, you and I are gun fanatics, all right? I mean, that's probably fair. I mean... What's the, what's the line from Wayne's World? I own many guns, so many guns that they necessitate multiple racks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so... And, like the inverse you know, of that? Let's remember, I... I openly broke the law in Boulder. I attempted, I attempted the cops to come and arrest me. Right, you, you know, know I put, what? I put, I put my, my, myself in a position to be arrested uh, openly. Back incidentally to the first point I made in the show, which is how are you not, not in jail? jail? Yeah. I don't understand. Or just under a lawsuit? I don't understand myself. I, well, so here's, there's, a for, there's a little bit of a Forrest Gump thing that goes on in my life yeah. of just dumb luck as well. You know, so I will say this as being like actual personal friends for 20 years, which is the shtick that you have for like ever, which is like the misogyny shtick. It's real. It's not it's real. real. It's completely darling, real. Darling, darling. It's completely real. You, if you actually got the thing that you ever wanted, but, you would be like the dog who caught the car. You would like be holding the tire with your teeth like, oh no, right? It's, it's, a, it's adorable, it's a little passe, but you know. A little passe. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just surprised I, you made it through the Me Too without just. How is that? I don't I know. don't even. How did you make it through Me Too without being in jail or losing your house? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, and I said, like, you were there when I met my husband. Like, we are real. Without, without me, you'd still be single. <laughs> you'd still be single yeah. and desperate and hitting on me daily. Oh, my gosh. I just couldn't, couldn't help myself. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. How, how, des how desperate were you? Literally not at all. <laughs> I just, I, I wanted for the record, without me, you wouldn't be married. You are true. Right. You are correct. I just want to make that is, clear. It is true. I did meet my husband at an ATF event, at an II event with my best friend, Mary Catherine, had flown into town. And I want to make it clear. Yeah. You still haven't named any of your children after me. You haven't named your own children after you. So I'm, you first. I am convinced none of my children are actually mine. <laughs> I mean, you were there. I was not. I, I despite don't, I don't your best efforts to the contrary. <laughs> Here's a direct. Uh, next, next, next child, John Jr. Okay. 
All right, get on that. Hickenlooper just had a baby. He's 71. I know. So there you go. This is a thing. You've still got several years to go, John. Well, we'll talk afterwards. Not so. to me, you yeah. won't. Anyone we'll else. All right, anyway, uh, get yeah. back to it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Dave Williams, yes. party. Yes, RMGO. RMGO, so, why is that a problem? So, and this, this goes back, speaking of wars that we have fought together in the past, right? This goes back to gun, gun fights of... of uh, years ago, mm-hmm. we, you and I, we're fighting actually, the 2013 uh, battles. Oh were, boy, were those ugly. Ten years ago, okay, you and I were sitting in the same meeting, right? Where RMGO and I, and I look, I understand, I understand this argument, which is we refuse to compromise. We refuse to compromise because we will not compromise on the Second Amendment ever. Which means we refuse to make positive steps forward when which, we had the opportunity which means, to win back right, a lot of we good lost. stuff. Right. We lost all of the things. We lost all of the things as far as they could possibly go because we are seen as unwilling to compromise. We and had so the, the opportunity. We had the opportunity in our hand right. to win back from 15-round magazines yep. all the way to 30-round magazines. Yep. We did. And RMGO said, no, no, we're not doing that. We're not compromising. Because any limitation right. is bad. So we, but we were stakeholders, right. right? We had a, we had a powwow. We were all sitting around a table. All the stakeholders. You were there. I was there. Several other people were there, and we're having this, we're having this discussion about compromise. We were negotiating with Joe Salzar. I remember. Remember, and uh, the head of RMGU at the time said, "Unless people, do you remember this? Unless people feel the pain." We will not be able to raise. And he was talking about raising money. And I disagree with that philosophically. Like, I don't think that we should go into the all of these with the perfect is the enemy of the good attitude. Now, I don't know where RMGO is way, now. They have a new leader. It would have solved 99% of the magazine issue for us. Right. Which means now and 10 years later, right. they might be fighting to bring it down to 15 instead of down to 10. Right. You know, we're in a war where it's a battle of inches. And I would rather win our freedom back one round at a time than be where we are. Anyway. Well, and, and but fundamentally, let's bring back to, I want to get back to the party before we run the same, out of time. That's the same question that I had with KBB, right? right. I'm pro-life. I'm Catholic. Uh, and, and, you know, we are endowed by our creator with life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? So I understand the inclination to not compromise. But that's not where most people are, right? And so if we had been willing to make compromises at 20 weeks or 25 weeks or 30 weeks or whatever that is, right? And so this is, this is like a philosophical political question. And ultimately, now, none of it matters. Nothing matters because Jared Polis is the most conservative statewide elected official in the state of Colorado. I want you to slowly... Repeat that last line, and then I want you to defend that statement. Jared Polis is the most conservative statewide elected official in the state of Colorado. Please let me know how how you would like me to defend it. He has been like, mm, okay, sometimes on school choice, right? Okay. He has libertarian streaks sometimes. He uh, said in the debates with Heidi Gnoll 
that uh, the whole meat out day was in fact a ploy to increase people's steak consumption in the state of Colorado, whether you believe him or not, immaterial, because that's his argument, right? Is like, actually, ag is great, and I would like people to eat more beef, and this was a ploy. You don't buy that. Of course I do not buy that, but... But ultimately, you don't even have other statewide elected. He can't say no to his socialist legislature. He has put in. He has put in the most socialistic regulatory schemes Uh the state has ever seen. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with any of that. He's still the most conservative statewide elected official. He has destroyed the oil and gas industry. Yep, and that doesn't make him not the most conservative statewide elected official. Who else we got? Let's go. You want to go down the list? Jenna Griswold. I don't think in a million years you could make the case that Jared Polis is not more conservative than Jenna Griswold. Phil Weiser? Oh, 100% now. Dave Young? Definitely not. He's in a position where he can't do much damage. Even Jenna can't do much much damage. Even Phil Weiser can't do much damage. We have two United States senators who can't, that do not have Hick the and same. Hicken and, and uh, Michael Bennett, you don't think that Jared, I don't think either one Jared of them is Polis, more, I don't think either one is more socialistic than our governor. And they're also in they positions. They don't even have to make nods to it. Right. They don't even pretend. At least the thing that is saving Colorado right now is that it is, I've heard rumors, unclear if they're true, that Jared Polis uh, wants to run for president someday and his his future political aspirations and his pen are the only things between us. <laughs> Complete and communism. Absolutely, absolutely everything they want. All right, but look, I want to. I want to okay. get. Let me get into this question. Okay, hit me. Is the Republican Party dead? In other words, is it completely irrelevant at this point? So I have heard that there are movements afoot to, like municipals, eliminate party affiliation for uh, state elections. And at this point, I tentatively, depending on how it's written and how it's structured, might support that. You mean have, like the Denver mayor? Yeah. You mean have an open primary? Yep. A jungle primary? Yep. And then Which two, I hear you can't call it a jungle primary because we're so woke. Somehow that is now racist. Yeah. Okay. Go figure. Whatever. So you have, and then the top two have a runoff. Yeah. In case so you could have two, you could have two Republicans running. Yeah. For governor, likely in like Weld County, right? And you could have two Democrats running for governor. Yeah, and I could I could make a fairly I think fair case that in for instance like the Elizabeth Epps race that. If you had had both Democrats move forward to the general, uh, that, I I mean, I think that. So you want to do it for the legislature as well? Oh, yeah. Okay. 100%. So I've heard that this is being written. I think tentatively this looks fascinating to me. I mean, look. They do this in California. Being a Republican in Colorado loses you, depending on the district, between five and ten points. What do you say to Republicans yeah. who said, you know why Republicans lost 
in 2022. It's because we didn't conservative hard enough. Right, because yeah. we didn't conserve. It was because we had this open primary. This yeah. open primary gave us these squishy Republicans. Yeah. And that we had Heidi Ganahl. We had Tina Peters. Uh, we had... You um, mean Pam Anderson. Pam Anderson. I'm sorry. Pam Anderson. Yeah. And But if we had... Um, no, Tina Peters is going over to state party now. Right. If we had Tina Peters, if we had um, Ron Hanks, yeah. if we had these true Republicans leading the ticket, we would have won. I want you to tell me why they're wrong when they say this. Well, I mean, the math says that they're wrong, right? Like the, all of the polling, all of the math, and Republicans are- Girls aren't good with math. Okay, so let me, let me first explain off, this. What's they the FCC won. rules for 12, for like, you can, can you bleep? No, you're, we're now, we're, wait, we're wait, now wait, on are YouTube. You, you can, you can swear. Fuck you, <laughs> John. Girls aren't good at Girls math. Girls aren't, you, you don't understand. You know what, I'm really excited about being the first lawsuit to finally Fine. take you down under, yeah, just, you just wait. You just wait. Mm. You're going to take me out? I mean, you're going to cancel me? I'm like, you're uncancelable, darling. Everybody else has tried. Isn't that weird? No, I mean, I think- Now if you try to cancel me, I'll just call race, I'll call ageism. I mean, wow. At least least you're admitting you're old. You you just say, you know, he's of a different generation. Lean into it, darling. He's of a different generation. Yeah, well, I mean, you you still have time for John Jr. by the time you're 71. Damn straight. Counting it down. You and me. No. You and me. Pass. John Jr. Hard pass. Hard pass. No, thank Even you. Judge you. All right. No. Mm. If okay. Because how do you, how do you expect me to prove a negative, right? So if you want to go back in time, right? We we had uh, Ken Buck versus Jane uh, Norton, mm-hmm. right? We had during the Tea Parties, which you and I spoke at, incidentally. Right, we Those had the days. Dan Mays and Ken Buck, and we conservative so hard. How'd that go? We had Daryl Glenn. Mm-hmm. Yep. We had we had a series of hardcore, yep, pro-life constitutional conservatives yep. like Daryl Glenn, and we lost, and we lost, and we lost. And by and the way, and their comeback, which the, is fair, right? Is they're like, well, what about Corey? And and so, and so here. And Trump brought down Corey. There's no question. I made well, it. and that's the thing. It's math, right? That it is a no Let matter me. how much you want to denigrate me for my vagina, John. I actually also have a brain. Yes, but the vagina means that the brain it can't do math. Negate. Oh, that is that true? What is what you know? Uh, so <laughs> you're such a. <laughs> You're such a special, special character, my friend. All right, let me do some math for you. Okay. All right. Do that. Republicans have lost market so look, share look faster. at Lauren, uh, Laura Bo- uh, Lauren Boebert. <laughs> so. Is that beer getting to you? Do you need another? I got one over there I could grab pretty quickly. Um, so she, she wins by 500 votes. Yet, those squishy Republicans yeah. of Heidi and Pam Anderson, in her district, won by even more votes in her congressional district. See, so how she, is she it? She argued, actually, that they were the ones who took her down. But how is it that they won by well, more votes weird. in her district? It's weird. It is weird. Yeah. I can't do that math. Well, maybe your girl brain could help. Maybe me out my with that. girl brain. 
Well, I look, I mean, actually, one of the first the first politician I ever met in uh, I was in seventh grade. We did our, did our seventh grade trip to Washington D.C. I met uh, Representative Pat Schroeder. Oh, really? I did. I and liked Pat Schroeder. She was fabulous, and she used to say, "I have a uterus and a brain, brain. and I use These both. Are both of them." Right. I'm like, yes. And actually, a number of years after that, she was interviewed about uh, Sarah Palin, and she said, "The problem with opening doors is like." You don't know who's going to come in after it. Like, welcome to the party. I wonder if she would say that today. Um, she was, but she was, uh, by the way, just such a fabulous and good person. What I loved about Pat Schroeder, yeah, is that she was completely honest. Yes. That she was who she was. She was smart. She was outspoken. Yeah. I hated everything she said. I hated. I hated everything. She stood for, right. but she was who she was. Yeah. So she was in office at the same time like David Skaggs and other, yeah. other squishy Democrats. They would come back and speak like moderates and then go to D.C. and vote exactly the same as Pat Schroeder. But Pat Schroeder would go there and vote like Pat Schroeder and yep. come home and talk like Pat Schroeder. Yeah. That's what made her a remarkable congresswoman. I so I so admired her. And I dis- like you disagreed with almost everything she did even at 12 and 13 years right. old, but man, she was cool. In the same way, one of I never thought I'd get to know even further get to know well and be be befriended by Dick Lamb. Yeah. You know, you know, that these were Democrats, even Roy Romer, yeah. who, you know, I, as, as governor, I was like, ah, but I got to know him afterwards. And he's like, these are smart people who knew their job, yeah. took it seriously, and, and understood the beauty of the state. And by the way, they didn't hate the marketplace. They didn't hate individuals. They didn't want to control people's lives. Well, I mean, look, this, and this goes back to, to your more base question, right? Which is, are we just not conservativing hard enough? Which yeah. is a word I just made up, right? But, but fundamentally, the tides have shifted, right? The, both parties have shifted. The left is, has gone further left and the right has gone further right and there's not a ton of room in the middle. And everybody talks about, oh, well, Republicans in Colorado are losing market share. People are flocking away from the Republican Party. I might be one. I haven't decided yet. But the thing they're not talking about is people are leaving the Democrat Party too, right? They are they are both parties. But they're still voting for Democrats. Yeah. You can't argue that even though— Because we're not making any kind of sale, right? Like Our, our brand, our— official elephant brand is so toxic. It is so toxic. And they have done a really effective job making it more toxic over time. And then- They being who? The the left, many in the media, many in the media, and many of us on the right, right? Those of us, like this this is the thing I struggle with, right? I'm I'm a conservative. I keep talking about, oh, I'm a conservative. What does that even mean, right? I believe in smaller government, lower taxes. I want people to leave me alone. I especially want people to leave my children alone. I get real touchy when people start coming for the kids, right? Like, 
let me parent, let me parent how I choose. I, and incidentally, if you asked either of my children what my political affiliation is, neither of them could tell you. They just know that sometimes mommy goes on TV. That's it. I, I have zero, I grew up in a super lefty household. Uh, I was allowed to have good arguments and come to the conclusions that I came to in a household of like good intellectual conversation about the proper role of government and what all of this means, right? And, and that's how I got here. And my children might come to a different conclusion, but ultimately I don't want somebody else telling me how to grow little thinkers. And I get real edgy on that one. The Republican yeah. label in Colorado problematic is toxic. Totally. It's toxic. Yep. And for various reasons. Yeah. And Republicans, conservatives, have a problem with reality. Yep. And the reality is Colorado is now not just a pro-choice state. It's a pro-abortion state. Oh, yeah. It's not going to change. Correct. Colorado is a pro-weed state. Yep. That's not going to change yeah. anytime soon. See, Colorado, and like as a libertarian-ish person, not a drug person, but like a libertarian-ish person, I voted for pot because I don't care. I wish, though, in retrospect, you know, driving around downtown to come here and living here, like, you're going to make me emotional, actually, talking about this. Because I spent, you know, I lived a few blocks yeah. from here for over a decade. And it's really hard now to drive around downtown. It's, see the crime. See it's, the wa human waste. It, it, it hurts my heart because this is my home and this is my identity. Like, uh, get comfortable with women crying. I know you are because that's how they mostly react to you. But, like, <laughs> it is... It, it is painful. It is painful to see my whole state being destroyed. Yeah. And being pro-pot doesn't mean that you're pro-crime. No, it doesn't but mean I you're pro-litter. I wish mean what we would have done instead, I, and and I, I take as much responsibility as anyone else, I wish we, we would have made a federal run at it. Because what we did is we sent out for a number of years a message to the rest of the country, and this goes back to the federalism question. We sent yep. a message to the rest of the country that if you like drugs, you should move here, right? We were like, oh, we're cool with it, man. Come over here. And we ended up with a subculture that's now impossible to unwind, right? Continuing on. Yeah. Colorado yeah. is a pro-LGBT state. Yep. So socially, Colorado is, is a very socially liberal state. Yeah. I am not yet yeah. convinced yeah. that we are a pro-tax, pro-regulatory state the way that the socialists and the legislature uh, and the elite think. I wonder, I wonder, uh, as the years go by, if, um, if given a real choice, if they are still going to go down a pro-tax, pro-regulation state. So my hope is, while we are a post-Republican state, without right. a doubt, right. I think we are now entering a, a post-partisan state. I think Colorado... Well, that's why, that's why I would tentatively, depending on how it's written, with my little yeah. asterisk, support something to just eliminate. Right. Because, because ultimately, 
you know, it, when you look at the municipals, conservatives disproportionately do well in municipals. And especially right now when you have people running on the crime issues, when you have people running on the tax issues, people, people who would lose five to 10 points with an R after their name do okay at the municipal level. It is interesting to see Colorado Springs and Aurora. And it'll be interesting for those watching. Right. We're taping this before the Denver uh, mayoral. mayoral runoff. Yeah. It will, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens then. Which, My, like, back, by the way, to 66. Yeah. I know I've told you this. Mike Johnson actually is, like, one of the few people in the world that I have stood opposite on a debate stage often and liked more at the more at the end of it than when we started. Oh, he's a decent man. He's a and I'm like, he's still a complete socialist, but, but he's a decent man. But you know, on the school choice issue, if we're if we're looking at you know Polis, we're looking at Mike Johnston. Like like we have to one of the one of the things that we have to do when we're being intellectually honest, we have to give them cred where it exists because if we don't, then then we don't give them any incentive to come in our direction. And intellectually conservatives, it's like um, it's like that saying about Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, right? Like we have to make all of the arguments that they make, but we have to do it backwards and heels. Like we have to do it more effectively because they get the goodwill of the media and they get the goodwill of the voters. And so as conservatives, I think that we need to make sure that we are Giving What's, as much credit as possible when it exists. When it exists, but it rarely exists. It does. The message to the Republicans that you and I think are living in the fantasy land. Yeah. Those who believe that if only we act as purists. Right. And by the way, I love these people. Yeah. I, I look at these people and I go, I sympathize with you. I believe you. Yeah. I want to be that pure. Right. I want to be you. I want to be right and think that all these people will look at you and go, oh, I see what you're seeing. You but want to a- be right and delusional about more than just your sex appeal. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Good luck with that. Yeah. See, so I did a speech last week or week before last, and I called it, should I stay or should I go? And I basically, you know me, you hand me a mic or like you put me in front of a camera and I can just talk. I've seen you open up the refrigerator, the light goes on and you yes. do 10 minutes. Yes. yes. Let me tell you. But but I did a, a speech and I called it, should I stay or should I go? Right. And it basically had that external existential crisis of party affiliation uh, on behind a podium in front of a group of hardcore old school Republicans. And I talked about, you know, hey, this is the party that I registered in when I was young. I have dedicated 20 years of my professional life to it. By the way, your question about how do I I navigate commentary versus being able to be employed, the answer is I don't. My poor husband is like, hey, remember when we got married and you were gainfully employed and now you... (laughs) Now you raise goats? Now you milk your goats? Like, what are you doing? And the truth is, unless I want a gun for your job, which I might, I mean, I would do it better than you, like, like yeah, easily. Ginger Rogers backwards and in heels. But, but ultimately, 
the professional Republican class is basically non-existent in this state. There's no There's reason no, anybody. There's a consultant class, but they're but, but they don't even. But they, they don't. We don't even need that anymore. They don't need us to lobby. They don't need us to run campaigns. They don't need like. I have been now actively looking for a job, like an actual job, since last September. And it's the first time in my life, incidentally, that I haven't been recruited to something, which sounds sounds like a little, you know, egomaniacal, but it's true. And I and I'm actively out there and I feel I feel like I have a scarlet letter on my resume because, because it's you work GOP. For, yeah, I you, work for the bad team. I work for the bad guys, right? According to society at large. And it's not it's not by the way that I work for the bad but, but it's almost like you want to say, you know, I worked for them be, before they were nuts. Yeah. You know? <laughs> you know, there was a time. Yeah. There was a time when when they weren't nuts. There was well, a time when 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 they did good stuff and and um, But this is the struggle, John. But there's also it's... the same thing with the Democrats right now because I don't know if you notice they're nuts. Yes, but they're communists but, right now. They are hardcore progressives. Yeah, but and they're they destroying want everything. The state. They want everything, yes, and they but have winning. They have doesn't so, need to get right. They have so much money, and they have so much political infrastructure that if I were willing to just switch parties, which like if I leave, yep. if I leave the Republican Party, I'm definitely not becoming a Democrat. Right? I'm right. I'm not in that boat. But I could get a job in a second. Also, I know all of our secrets, so, you know. Yeah. I'm... Oh, and they're, they're really high secrets. Yeah, let yeah. me tell you. Yeah. Gosh. All right. Yes. I, but I want to focus on us. Okay, darling. So these good people yeah. who are legitimately frustrated. Right. They're frustrated because the party's not pure. Republicans yeah. are not pure. Right. And they believe that Trump won and won in Colorado. Yeah. They believe that Hanks and Tina Peters, if they were on the top of the ticket, they, they they could go. Yeah. Here's what, what could very well happen. They could close the primary. They could close the primary, just like the libertarians have done, and they could they could um, have a caucus and at the at the at their assembly, they could choose their candidates. Right. I'm okay with this. Are we but see that see this so this is the question, right? Like this is the fundamental question is do we just do we let them just run the car into the wall faster. And this, this, by the way, goes back to our earlier conversation about the, the gunfight in 2013, right. right? Which is, we could be having a different argument because as a conservative, our lives are basically centering around losing slower, right? Like exactly. we're trying to, we're trying to take the, the slope. What I of have the, been seeing for yeah. the last 15 years right is that con- the conservative movement the free market movement right team liberty in Colorado has been losing in the most destructive way yeah that we have been losing slowly right when you lose slowly it is the frog in the slowly boiling pot right it, and they're just turning it up and with the last election people are starting to wake up we are starting to lose quickly lose quickly. Let's lose quick. Let's. Well, we're, we we've well, hit bottom. Then, it is time to wake up. Well, and then we, we have should to, have lost everything in 2013, right? Then we, sh- we should have. We did. 
I mean, we we, besides besides the recalls, but all I'm saying is the RMGO argument, right? Which right. was at the time in 2013, they're coming for our guns. Let them take it all and let the people feel the pain. I mean, I mean, we, you and I can't sit here and have it both ways, right? Maybe. Either Fair point. either Fair point. we're gonna run the car into the wall as fast as possible, or we're just going to like pump the brakes and pray. And, I still and, think we had a shot of winning. Winning now, things in 2013. I think we had a shot of winning things if we ran good candidates. Right. If we if we built an infrastructure. It's a, it's a hard... If we, if we built an infrastructure that had community organizing and getting out the vote, if we did the things that so many Republicans don't want to do, right. which is built is to do the community organizing and the vote harvesting that it takes to win. This is boring, hard, expensive work. Yeah. It's not sexy. People like to get well, excited darling, about Well, darling, you know a lot about what's not sexy. So I, that's I am a walking billboard for what's not sexy. I mean, you know it. I, it, it, is, it is unfortunately trying to prove a negative and an right. unanswerable question. All right, let's wrap it up with this question, though. Yeah, hit me. Going forward. Yeah. We've got elections in a year and a half. Yep. Advice to the Republican Party, advice to conservatives in Colorado. Oh, that's a really good question. Because if there's a ballot measure, because it would have to be done by a ballot measure, to change the way we vote, which is to scrap the party structure, you know, the people who are going to be screaming about it Democrats. Will be Democrats and those Republicans. I mean, so so that's not a year and a half. That would be this year because Tabor. So it would be a non it would be a non It couldn't election. be on this year. It would have to be on next year's ballot. No, it would be on this year. No, it wouldn't. Unless they add a tax increase to it. Oh, maybe you're right. Again, girls in math. Okay, first off, that's not math. Second off Tax increases are math. Fuck yourself again. That's all I got. <laughs> no, are you because it's it's only, 23. Only even years can have non-tax increase, non-revenue increases on the ballot. Okay. For some reason, I had that reversed in my head. Yes. So I, I can put a tax cut right. on, the, uh, on the even number ballot. I can only put a tax increase on the odd number ballot. So unless right, you, but not an, a revenue neutral? Can't put it on the ballot on an odd year. Are you sure about that? Take a look at me. Okay. Regardless, my advice. A man who can't get a date. I got nothing better to do than look at law books. <laughs> then, then spend a bunch of time reading through Tabor. Whatever. Digression. Whatever happened to Doug Bruce? Is he in jail? No. Oh, he's okay. alive and doing well. Oh, interesting. And he asks about you all the time. That's interesting. Anyway, uh, my advice is this for conservatives, which is. Do as much research as possible. Cop out. No, no, no. Th- that was the first part, John. It's not a cop <laughs> out. I'm sorry. Keep, please continue. I can't figure out why you can't get a woman. It's shocking <laughs> to me. Just floored because you're so <laughs> For the love of all things holy. No, I think, <laughs> I think that the most important thing is to try to departisan as much as possible, right? Like, 
like for instance, I'm in I'm in Adams County. If I had a conservative that I thought was viable and good, I would invite my neighbors over for like wine with them and I would not talk about politics. I would I would depoliticize and try to personalize it as much as possible. Because one of the things that happens when I go on Channel 9 or when somebody recognizes me, uh, which is rare, but when it happens, I mean, I'm a giant and I'm kind of distinctive looking, so it does happen sometimes. Is they're like, you're so nice for a Republican. How could you be so nice? How could you be so nice? Yeah, I... And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm not actually that nice. Just ask my children in the morning when I'm like, where are your shoes? I'm not. What is it about shoes? I don't know. I don't know. God bless. How is Johnny. it they could only lose one? I don't know. I have three yeah. and five-year-old little boys in between the property destruction and just the vortex of missing socks. They exist. They were created in a lab to make me a psycho. Anyway. Shoes. 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 I would I would departisan it as much as possible because it is very hard to hate people up close right and we are right I I went and did this speech and I said and I had my existential crisis and my voice broke because I feel like I'm in the middle of a divorce right you know about that um but I feel like I'm in the middle of a divorce Don't worry you will too No I won't Remember, there's only two types of people. Right. What's that? Divorced people uh-huh. and pre-divorced. Mm. I mean, so the death to us part, this might be like the start of my Dateline episode. We it don't know. Be. You don't know. We're just making B-roll. Well, you also you also live on that wonderful hunk of property. I know. We do. Mark could go missing and they will never find him. I mean, four acres, I'm pretty sure, with ground-penetrating radar, like it's going to take more than that. No, no. You got... You got the skills. Not that I'm thinking you about got, it. You got the, you got but, the skills to get rid of him. and you know. you know, I'm kind of fond of him. He's the better of our pairing. And you know you know him and you know this is true. But Yeah, but I know you. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody can get rid of a body, I think you have the skills. You know what? That's a good friend to have for 20 years, right? Is the person yeah. who will just show up. I was like, John, now. Okay. Right. Oh, I was talking about you, but okay, yeah. regardless. <laughs> All right. I, but but de depolitical, like taking the partisanship out yeah. of it, I think is just the way to do it. All right. One last thing. Yeah. Pimp the substack you do because it's wonderful. Oh, thank you, John. It okay. is so completely opposite of anything we just talked about. It's completely the opposite of everything we talked about. I hate politics. Which is why I came here to talk to you about politics. I, I actually... And I know nothing about goats and cheese. hate it. I hate politics. My goal is to someday be a goat writer. Which not is a ghost writer. Not a ghost writer. A goat writer. So I write bi-weekly on a substack, which if you don't know what a substack is, it's basically a way to crowdfund writing. Right? Like think Patreon, but for writing. A Patreon, but you actually buy something. Yeah, it did. so it's a newsletter, and so twice a week I write. I write about goats, I write about chickens, I write about homesteading and parenting and all of the things that I would rather be doing than politics because politics is terrible, and goats are great. I make cheese. It's delicious. It's really fun. 
you also, there's a real subculture mm. of people, I wouldn't call it subsistence farming. Right. But it, it is Homesteading. This, yeah, it is yeah. this weird thing of people who are now taking care of a lot of their own needs on a, a plot of land, yeah. raising their own animals, raising their own chickens, having their own food supply, learning these things. Yeah. And they're not living on it, but they're supplementing what they're doing, and they're really getting into it. I mean, mom had a little plot of, you know, a little garden and veggies. veggies, and it's like that, and it's nice. This steps it up, and yeah. there's a and a lot of people follow you <laughs> on 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 it's, what to do with your goats. It's so much better than talking about politics. So so, so anyway, give the name and it and is realbestlife.substack.com. It's also you can real find it best real life. best life because it is real. It is definitely real. And you've been doing this for years. Yeah, I, I, like it's so real that. Uh, we had to dispatch a uh, skunk last week, and I didn't know, by the way, that skunk smell not only is disgusting, but in a real concentrated form, it, induce, it induces nausea. And so I had made a deal. Mark had thrown his back out. I made a deal with him if he dispatched with the skunk quickly and humanely, I would deal with the... the Getting rid of the body, back to my first point. <laughs> yes, exactly. This is my skill set. But I was trying to get rid of the body. And uh, I had just gone to Dunkin' Donuts with my younger because he really wanted a dodo, which is his favorite thing. And I just had a Dunkin' Donuts latte, so I was, like, vomiting. This is disgusting. Sorry. But, like, Dunkin' Donuts latte, like a fountain as I'm trying to get rid of a skunk. And it was horror. It was like a horror show. And it was hilarious. And I'm laughing as I'm throwing up as I'm trying to throw a skunk away. It was what a lady you are. I know. it's, But anyway, so it's not like a Pinteresty. oh, my gosh, my farmhouse is different shades of beige right. kind of thing. It is, it is like here's the how, real. Here's how to, how to apply your rouge. No, it's really, it's fun. Thank you. And I have no interest in doing any of the stuff you do, but I, I check in on it on time to time, and it's a kick. So it's such an interesting Venn diagram of people who are like the weird hippie boulderites who are into homesteading. And then the people who are sure that the apocalypse is right. like on its way and we're going to have to feed our kids. Um, and, and in the middle of that Venn diagram is me, right. right? And you and I have been saying this for years. The places where we can make inroads, I think, are like education, education choice, right? I also think food is a place that we can do that. Remember that, that thing you did years ago about the uh, sausage guy? No. <laughs> there was a guy who, like, the feds came in and took his his uh, nitrate-free sausage. Yeah. Yeah, you did a piece about it. Wow, you are old, old. my darling. I don't remember anything. All right, give that I'll site one more time. Realbestlife.substack.com. Kelly, always. Uh-huh. Do it more. What was that again? Real best. No, no I, heard a, I heard something else there. I said I love you. There we go. Thank you so much. We'll do it again sometime soon. Will we? Okay. We will. Hmm. Bye. 
If you've enjoyed this episode of Devil's Advocate, I hope you'll share it with a friend. And I hope you'll subscribe and follow the show. We have new ones released weekly. Remember, this audio was taken from our TV show. To watch it, just search the letters IITV for Independence Institute TV on YouTube for this and many other great conversations.